Welcome to Chat About, sponsored by Beltrami Electric Cooperative, First National Bank Bemidji, and the Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji. The Radiothon to End Child Abuse is coming up Thursday, December 7th. One of the key topics we discuss every year is the importance of foster care. That's our topic today with Megan Locken of North Holmes and Amber Fuller of Beltrami County. Plus, we'll hear from Danae, who has been a foster parent and has had a lot of other things to get us caught up on for the upcoming Radiothon 2. It's all happening today on Chat About. Amber and Megan, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. It's great to be here. Amber, let's start with you. You're with Beltrami County. What is your role at Beltrami County? I am a licensing specialist along with Robin Schmidt. We license foster homes for um, children of all ages from birth to 18. Some of our children are actually in extended foster care too. And then um, just working with those families through the licensing process, supporting them as needed, um, and hopefully making good connections and reunifications with families. And Megan, what's your role at uh, North Homes? So my role at North Homes is very similar to Amber's. Um, I am a foster care licensor, um, and we also do adoption licensing, or it's more of an approval. Um, So we, too, um, share in the same licensing requirements as the county, um, which are set forth by the state of Minnesota. Um, And we do the licensing process, and then we also have case management, which takes over um, once a family is licensed for foster care. Okay, and it is November is National Adoption Awareness Month, but uh, you guys were telling me that foster care is where there seems to be a real need in this area and really nationwide, right? That correct. is correct. Yes, we have a pretty large shortage of foster homes just statewide. Um, and at times there, when Beltrami County doesn't have a home, that might fit a dynamic of children, ages, gender. We usually contact North Homes. We're also looking to the tribes too for ICWA appropriate placements. Um, so really that's where this collaboration comes. We're all working together and we can all utilize more families and homes in our area. Okay. Um, so w- just give me a rundown of what North Homes is overall and then how foster care and, and adoption fits in with your mission. Sure. So North Homes is a private nonprofit agency. Um, we have a whole collaboration of services um, ranging from mental health, substance use, foster care, adoption, school-based, um, residential. We just we have a lot of different services. Um, so our agency, like I said, does licensing for foster care as well. Um, but we're also a PPI agency, which is a public-private adoption initiative which um, our agency receives grants, um, grant money for to help um, adoptive families um, kind of reduce the costs associated with adoption. A lot of people think that adoption is very expensive and they can't afford it, um, but little do most people know most of that is offset through a combination of state and federal funding. Um, so we do have a few more requirements than the county. Um, because we're accredited through the Council of Accreditation, which is primarily training and a little bit more paperwork. But again, we're just looking for a variety of homes so that we can meet the needs of kids because kids all have different needs, different experiences, and what works for one child you know, may not work for another. So we're looking for a lot of diversity within the families that we work with. Amber, um, Beltrami County, North Homes, and several other 
organizations have a collaboration going. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Well, we're really just getting together to recruit if we're able to. Um, so when we are looking at homes, we're contacting the tribes. So um, primarily in our area, we work with Leech Lake, Red Lake, and White Earth. And um, really, we can all benefit from those homes. So we're contacting licensors, their case managers, and trying to identify even relative homes if there is a relative available for children. Um, a number of our homes are relative providers, but really what we are seeking and talking about a little more today is those traditional are the traditional homes and so that is uh, not relative or not related excuse me people who can just we can call and say hey we have a sibling group of three are you available to take them today um, and that's really what we're all here for mm -hmm. um, if our area doesn't have homes then sometimes we do have to look outside of our community um, outstate uh, Minnesota and always the goal is to keep kids local they can maintain schooling at their local school and then even um, more visitation with family so then we can work that reunification process how stark is the need right now I was gonna say Amber and I have been in this field quite a while and it's it's really bare right now we, we do still have a lot of families licensed but the families that um, are interested in taking placements are, are pretty full. Uh, so there's there's not a lot of openings in the homes that we do currently have licensed. Um, and again, we're looking for, you know, a diverse makeup of families, whether it's a single provider, uh, married couple. We've had, you know, father-daughter, father-son relationships. I mean, we've kind of seen it all. So a lot, of, a lot of people have kind of a different idea of what you know, a traditional foster family looks like. So it, it's pretty sparse though. There's not a lot of placement options within the community. And I would say one of our greatest needs are for sibling groups um, mm. and, and older school say, children. Older children, yes. Mm. Yes, and so um, we never want to separate children from their siblings. Um, and unfortunately that has been the case where if we only have space for one child in a home, um, we've had to do that. And it's pretty heartbreaking, um, really, for everybody involved and quite a bit of coordination yeah. for everybody. Okay. Um, obviously, we have had foster care discussions on the Radiothon and Child Abuse on a regular basis, and we're just shy of a month away for the next one. Um, what, is the, what is the most common reason foster care is needed? Out of home placements, um, I would say common is chemical uh, chemical use and neglect. And sometimes those things go hand in hand. Um, and, and we have a really great team to attempt to work with families prior to um, removal of children. At times there is that imminent risk where we have no choice but to remove children from parents' care. Um, and so primarily it is that neglect or chemical use is what we see. There are some cases, of course, of, of some sexual abuse and physical abuse, um, but the primary is the chemical use. And so then to work with families to make sure parents are sober and healthy for their children to come back home. So, I mean, 
obviously chemical use is bad. Chemical use and abuse is bad. But what is the biggest issue is that is it uh, that parents tend to be then passed out? There's neglect. What 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 is it about chemical abuse that uh, is causing an extreme the, the danger? I think so to it's speak. just not being able to meet the needs of the kids. Um, you know, it it causes, you know. It impacts the child in a variety of ways, whether it be their mental health, their school attendance, and, you know, the saying it takes a village is is really true, and that's, you know, something that I know our agency, as well as the tribes in the county, really strive. Reunification is always the goal, and we're here to support that, and even though we talk about it being National Adoption Awareness Month, the goal is always reunification, and that can be hard, I know, for for families that are interested in becoming licensed, but it's ultimately about what's best for that child and maintaining those connections to, um, you know, their, their family as well as their culture and their community is really important. And that's something that, um, you know, all of the agency, I, I feel like, really strive to do. We are talking about foster care with Amber Fuller of Beltrami County and Megan Locken of North Homes. Um, so let's Let's start with this question this time around. Um, if somebody's listening saying, okay, I'm, I'm curious, I'm interested in helping out, what are their first steps? Well, you can reach out to either of us. Um, you can reach out to Beltrami County. Our, our information is on our website. You can simply just Google Beltrami County. Otherwise, it's a little bit of a rabbit hole if you go to the county website to find um, licensing, and I think the same would go for Megan through North Homes. I would agree. The information's available um, on both of our websites. North Homes is northhomes.org. Um, if you go under services, there's a foster care adoption, and there's actually a little um, button that you can click to inquire and just provide your basic information, and a licensing worker will reach out to you from our agency. Um, and I believe it's pretty similar through the county website as well. And don't forget, if you are enrolled or live on the reservation, there are tribal options as well for licensing. So we really try to make it as easy as possible, um, you know, to, to contact the agency that might be the right fit for you. I would agree. Um, and our, our county website does have some information about what is required. So there's the application process, trainings, background studies. There's a home study where we sit down and just kind of hear what is your story growing up? What is your plan for fostering? Um, what are your thoughts on permanency? And um, I think with working with, if it's the tribes or even North Homes and any other private agency, um, if somebody were to contact Beltrami County and say, I am interested in only adoption, because um, our primary goal is reunification, I think really all of our primary goals are reunification, but um, North Homes does have some adoption-specific homes, and so we will send them typically to Megan because that is a little more of their specialization, too, in that way. Um, if it's going to be a better fit, we're all here to work together for the kiddos and those families. So let me just throw this question at you. Some people might be saying, well, well, why do we need to have, like, a North Homes and the county? Why can't it all be under the county? Or why can't it all be under North? Why do we have to have all these different organizations what would be your response to that i was going to say as a private agency i feel like we get this question a lot like what's different between north homes versus the county and it's really just um it, it's a it's a different um Maybe it's a different a good fit yeah it's it's really if you want more support you're likely going to get that through a private agency just because 
the counties, unfortunately, <laughs> have a lot um, right. on their caseload. And, you know, child protection is a very busy role. And I'm not saying North Holmes isn't busy as well, but, you know, we can offer additional support. We have extra funding through different grants that we receive. Um, we offer a lot of trainings, both to our providers as well as other licensed providers through counties and other agencies. Um, so just kind of that level of support is, I feel like, slightly different through North Homes. But on the flip side, some families don't need that level of support. Maybe they work in a field that they understand trauma and they understand the needs of kids and they just want to, you know. Sometimes I think just working directly with the case manager of the family and child mm-hmm. directly. Um, kind of Without having that extra fewer. case manager, yeah, it can be overwhelming for some. So it's really just about the right fit. Right. I yeah. Agree. Okay. So we, we both refer, you know, we'll get calls and be like, I think the county might be a better fit. Or, you know, we get a lot of referrals as well from the county, or from the county, right. mostly for some. families that are looking to adopt. So it really just depends on the preferences of the family, um, as well as the level of support that they're looking for. What about the uh, the families who are thinking, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to help. I already got three kids. I don't know if our house is big enough. Um, what are some of those? How do you answer some of those? Sure. Well, we look at space, of course, is one, but it doesn't all have to be long term. Sometimes we could even use a respite home. So respite is, you know, if my child can go to grandma and grandpa for the weekend, um, just for a little bit of a break, respite is that for foster care. And so they go from one foster home to another licensed foster home for a little bit of a break so everybody can kind of just um, have a breather and a little downtime. Um, and so that is, you know exactly the behaviors of the child, you know their needs and expectations, and it's time limited. So you can plan a little bit for that. Um, that's a huge need. And then, um, or even sometimes we have even short-term um, where to say it, it's not it's not as ongoing where you can give us a time that maybe you're here for an emergency placement um, but if you're just able to help for a short period of time that is so helpful too um, until we can coordinate maybe with a relative or just a longer term placement that needed a little more time to um, see if this was going to work for their their family and that dynamic and schedule um what do you need the most? Is it um, is it infant care? Is it uh, m- more older children? And and uh, what, not only what do you need the most? What is the the hardest one to find parents or foster parents? I would say sibling groups, sibling groups, sibling and groups and teenagers. And teenagers. Yeah, yes. yeah. And it it really ebbs and flows for our infants. Um, there have been times where. We have a lot of openings for infants, and then in one week, everybody is full. And and then where do we go from there? And so it does just really ebb and flow. I know finding childcare, if you are working and you have an infant in care, that, that can be a it barrier. It can be very challenging, yeah. Yep. And again, I think it depends on the, on the area that you're in. So um, as a private agency, North Homes licenses throughout the state of Minnesota, so Beltrami County only licenses within their county. Our agency licenses in all the counties. Well, not so much southern Minnesota, but kind of north metro north is where we go. So we do have offices out of Bemidji, Grand Rapids, and Duluth. So 
it really kind of depends what the limitations are depending on the community and the services available. So the larger the community, the more resources and services that seem to be available. Um, so it, it really just depends on the area. But back to that first step, just make the call. I think that's the hardest part for a lot of families is just knowing where to start. Um, another piece that I recommend is if a family is considering adoption or willing to be a permanency option, even if it's not in the moment, maybe down the road, um, we would recommend that they do the pre-adopt education course, which is a 16-hour course that's offered. Um, to register for that, you can go to the Children's Home uh, website, and there's a pre-adopt registration. It's done both in person and virtually, so it gives options for those of us in outstate Minnesota which can be really um, beneficial because previously it was really hard to, you know, go down to the metro area for three days when you have, you know, school-age children or a job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, just we try to make it as, as easy as possible. But like I said, that first step is just getting the information, making that call. And, you know, we can answer any questions that, that people may have. Right. And I one thing I want families to know is is you can choose. Even though we're talking about sibling groups and you mentioned, you know, if we have more children, um, we absolutely, there are single children who end up needing placement. Um, and even though we're talking about teenagers, if you aren't comfortable with teenagers, we are going to respect that. And um, if those younger elementary age or toddlers are more your comfort level, we're going to listen to that and we're going to work with you to um, find a placement that's appropriate for your family. Okay. Yep. Um, one thing I, I think people need to be aware of if they aren't is, um, you know, you think about bringing two or three more kids into your house and groceries and all that. There is some financial help if you're a foster parent, correct? Correct. Yes, there is. It's individualized for each child in care. So their needs and then also what is that foster parent doing um, as far as transporting to visits for doctor's appointments, how much time is taken, how many miles are driven. So all of those things are taken into consideration in addition to that child's history and um, age, again, kind of their, their age. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is there anything else you'd want people to know before we wrap it up today? I think just if you're interested, make the call, get the information. You know, I always tell families timing is really important. And if it's something, a lot of families have been thinking about this for a long time. They've just never felt like it was the right timing. And my advice to those people are, are the timing may never be perfect. Yeah. Um, but there there is a huge need for families and, you know, all different types of families. Um so just make the call, get the information. It, it, you're not out anything by making that call. And even if we gather your information and you decide that you're going to wait, you know, another year until you move into a larger home or you're in the process of changing jobs, you know, we, we can wait and we can just start, you know, answering questions that you may have to get that ball rolling. Yes. And um, just looking at that space that you may have where there might be a doubt. Maybe, I'd, maybe somebody thinks they don't have enough space, but really once we look at that and bed space and availability, um, it very well may be doable. Yeah. And then um, both of our agencies have support groups and foster parents to lean on and share stories with and um, just kind of help you through some of those questions or any potential doubts that you might have. Um, 
I think both are, are really great groups and great resources. And some of our foster families are our greatest supporters to our families of children in care, um, but then also to one another because who else can know better than somebody else who's kind of in the trenches and who's been there? Um, mm-hmm. People worry that their hearts are going to get broken and they might hurt for a little bit. Um, it, it's not easy, but, you know, it, it ebbs and it flows and there's going to be challenging days, but there's also going to be really rewarding days. Yes. And yes. there's a lot of support to get you through the tough days. Exactly. <laughs> I would agree. Megan Locken is with North Homes Children and Family Services. Amber Fuller with Beltrami County. We are talking about foster care today and hope that those listening whose heartstrings might be tugged will take that next step. Amber and Megan, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. We have Danae with us once again, and she is in to talk about uh, Radiothon stuff. Of course, we just talked with some folks about foster care and today you can uh, talk about foster care as well. You've been a foster parent, and mm-hmm. that's where your daughter came from. Yes, we adopted through foster care, um, but but had other placements um, before her as well. And um, really getting involved in foster care started from us by just having friends who were also doing it. Um, we we saw them actually at church on Sunday with an extra slew of children and asked um asked about the situation and after hearing really that these kids were under the age of three there were three of them and one was found in a park by himself and um you know tracked to where he lived and and there were there were no parents there mm. the three year old ish girl was taking care of the baby and um. I just kind of sat in church just stunned to think about that because I think a lot of times you hear about foster care and you think oh, I, I could never I could never do it for multiple reasons I could never let them go I could never give them everything I give my kids I cannot you know you just play all these scenarios in your head I think the the biggest thing in that moment of just kind of being stunned was a, wow, how selfish am I? But B, um, uh, they just need somebody to be present, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that started lots of conversations between my husband and I, and um, we're licensed for, I believe it was four or five years, so. Yeah, it's just one of the building blocks, one of the tools needed to, to combat child abuse, which is not necessarily physical abuse, but things like what you just talked about, mm-hmm. neglect mm-hmm. or uh, any number of things that cause problems for, for children. And so that's where uh, foster care comes into play. Mm-hmm. It does. And I mean, it, it is part of prevention. It's not, you know, you don't, we, we're so happy and blessed to have our daughter, mm-hmm. but you, you really do want families to <clears throat> reunify and you really want to give parents a chance to get healthy um, in those tense situations that they're put in and um, and we really we really enjoyed doing it while we while we did it so okay mm-hmm. well um, and, and of course we will hear more about it at the radiothon and child abuse which is coming up Thursday December 7th and Danae uh, we've got a lot of things uh, a lot of ways people could contribute we're working on the silent auction right now which mm-hmm. will be on on the live by December 4th we've got uh, 
ways you can c- contribute right now mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. Um, uh, via text. Um, and we will be getting those those that information out very very shortly too. But um, one of the biggies and is the uh, is the annual Giovanni Celebrity Surfer Night, which yeah. is in its you say, is it the tenth annual? It's the tenth anniversary of it. Yes. So and and we've got uh, the greatest of all time mm-hmm. reuniting. Mm-hmm. And by the way. Uh, I was talking to one of the greatest of all time last night, and she was not aware that you were competing against her. She told me that (laughs) after your conversation. Um, We trash-talked back and forth in a text message, though. I told her she better bring it. I I told her that last night. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So so who's all uh, competing in the celebrity server? Yes. uh, So, yep, I came out of retirement. And then Jill Beardsley mm-hmm. uh, is the one who you talked to yesterday, along with Ashley McMartin and Cindy Ness are the the greatest of all time for fundraising for oh. the Giovanni's Night. So we'll see what you guys can put together for th- Tuesday, December 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some extra stuff, too, but we'll start with Tuesday, December 5th, the, the traditional night, uh, a couple nights before the Radiothon, but... Uh, Starting at 4 o'clock, people can come into Giovanni's and leave big tips, we hope. Yes. Uh, whether you're you're invited by one of the servers or not, please come. Because <laughs> uh, you can pick you can pick a server, too, to, to support. But what the servers are competing for are tips and number of people that um, attend. So um, I have to pull up the, the record, which I do still hold. Okay. <laughs> of a dollars raised um, in in one of those evenings, I know. I think well, Jill might have actually beat me last year, but we'll have to go back and look. She doesn't think she did. Okay, then she so, she would know. She's motivated. <laughs> I like now. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that night, yeah, you come in and have the buffet. You can also order pizza if you'd rather not have the buffet, and one of us will. Uh, you know, bringing your, it's really tough service <laughs> night of bringing you your beverage and making sure you have what you need. Okay. And yeah, but be generous with the tips because it all goes to the Radiothon and Child. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then uh, in addition, this year through the entire weekend, um, there's a tip option for no bakes, which will also go to the Radiothon. Yeah. Every day. So Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, you can uh, go to our site and purchase no bakes uh, for one of those days to pick up and um, the percentage of the proceeds from that will go to Radiothon along with any extra tip you want to give to a specific server. Me, of course. But any <laughs> server is great. <laughs> so if you've got the youth sports team that's playing the, on the weekend or has practices and mm-hmm. you want to feed them pizza, great option. It's uh, winter formal. Saturday mm-hmm. is winter formal, so there are some after parties or even uh, before parties that, uh, you know, that's a great option to feed them it a is. bunch of pizza. Yep. And, it all, and again, tip uh, generously and it goes to the radio thought. Mm-hmm. And their no-bakes are, are cheap. They're like 10 bucks a pop. That's, yeah. I mean, that's cheaper than a grocery store even. So, yeah, yeah pretty great. So that uh, that is going on, too. And, and again, to explain to us why and we're glad. Mm-hmm. I always say how how glad we are but but why is it that the united way ended up being our partner agency hmm. for the radio and child abuse well multiple reasons partly i mean there's a personal uh connection right for for me but that's not why we're a part of it uh we had agencies you know annually united way raises funds and allocates them back out to local nonprofits, um wanting to provide funding for them to help more people right mm-hmm. 
having to raise all your own funds and then also focus on turn around and focus on serving everyone is a, is a lot of work. And it's why United Way, it's at the core of why United Way exists. And uh, our partner agencies, uh, four or five of them were running the Giovanni's fundraiser and working the Radiothon with you uh, before. And, um, well, I got really competitive when I got asked <laughs> to do the Giovanni's serving night. I believe I raised more in tips than the event raised the year prior. Oh, wow. Um, I know. And um, But when you know all the foster parents and all the people that care about this, it, it makes yeah. a big difference. Um, but after that, after a couple of years of doing that and helping grow just that event, um, the agencies turned back to us saying, you know, you are the United Way and you do do this <laughs> uh, for, yeah. you know, it's our job. Uh, would you take this over because it's becoming cumbersome for us? Well, we're also trying to focus on on serving people. So, of course, yes, we would do that. Okay. And we we will be live uh, on December 7th from Raphael's from 6 until noon. Mm-hmm. Then we'll slide down about a half block to 209, <laughs> and we'll be live there from 1 until 6, and maybe some stuff after that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a lot of things going on. Also want to point out today, I just met with Kristen McRae yesterday, the activities director at Bemidji High School. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a bucket at every home event between November 27th through December 7th. Awesome. So um, it'll be probably at the ticket booth when you walk in. They'll slide it up into the uh, merchandise booth for the various teams and maybe even at the concession stand at halftime. So look for the bucket. That's great. Drop in your change mm-hmm. and, and help us that way too. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So, Love yeah. hearing that. So that's going on, and, and there might be more yet. Who knows? There might be. Yeah. There's <laughs> always We're always cook, trying to cook up something. Yeah. Um, Back to foster care, since that was the the main topic of the day. Um, you've been involved, and like you said, people say, ha, 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 mm-hmm. "I don't know." It it's worth it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you're, I mean, it's not it's not that it's easy, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that the more I learn about the issues in our community and the need for healing um, across the community, um, this is a great way to support families and kids that really need our help okay she's today i'm kev we uh we talk a lot uh, <laughs> we do <laughs> i think we got a living united coming up that you might want to hang tight for down the road too mm-hmm. um and uh, this is chat about today thank you so much for being here thank you Chatabout has been sponsored by Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, Beltrami Electric Cooperative, and First National Bank Bemidji. Tomorrow on Chatabout, we check in with Jason Riggs, the Beltrami County Sheriff, and talk all things law enforcement. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks, as always, for being here.